Engaging Leader Podcast, Episode 73, 14 More Ways Leaders Recharge Their Batteries, Part 2 of How to Increase Energy, Improve Mood, and Manage Stress. Leadership inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, Engagers. Before we jump into today's topic, I wanted to just say thank you to everybody who has written and submitted a review for us on iTunes. That is the number one way that new listeners find out about Engaging Leader. We continue to get new listeners. People are have written to me saying that they're excited to find out about the show. And it's all because of you fellow listeners who have written a review. Uh, by providing your review, that helps us stay up on top of the search results when people are looking for a podcast to listen to about leadership or communication or an engagement, any, any of the topics that we address. As of right now, we've already, we have 68 reviews. Very grateful for that. Our two newest reviews come from J.K. Keis. She says, glad I found this. Great commute listening. Actually, I, I don't know why I assumed it was a she. It could be a he. And Game On says, I love this show because of Game Changer. I am now studying it and listen to the other show done by the makers of this show. So uh, that reviewer discovered us because of the other podcast that we have called Game Changer, which is all focused on using gamification to engage employees, how game-inspired tactics can help us engage employees. So it's a whole show focused on just that one engagement tactic. On Engaging Leader, we're a lot broader than that. But uh, so I'm glad to have you listening to both shows. And uh, thank you again for submitting that review for us. For our other listeners, if you haven't yet submitted a review, um, we would greatly appreciate that. To make it easy for you, uh, we will uh, shortcut to get to the right spot in iTunes is to if you go to engagingleader.com forward slash iTunes, we will take you right there. In our last episode, we talked about 14 ways leaders can recharge their batteries, how to increase energy, improve mood, and manage stress. Today, we're going to be talking about 14 more ways to recharge batteries. I'm again joined in the studio here with my wife, Erin. Hello. And as we mentioned last time, these 14 ways are not meant to be some kind of overwhelming to-do list that you need to... I'll put all of them into practice. Just listen to these, pick out one or two things that you think is going to make a difference today. Try them out. And if they work, great. If they don't, get rid of them and try something else. If they do work, build on them. Try adding another one or two if you think it'll make an additional difference in recharging your batteries. Here in the Northern Hemisphere, it's wintertime. This is a time when a lot of people struggle with energy. Uh, the winter blues, mild depression can be very common. And as leaders, we set the energy level in many cases in our families, at work. And so it's more important for us, above all, to manage our energy and to be able to sort of lead the way and not let things get all bogged down and unfocused and sluggish like they can often do in the wintertime. I find it helpful to also to have a, a list of several ideas like this because as time goes by, 
some things work, some things don't. Sometimes I'll have a long period where I am high energy. And then when that low energy period comes, I can't remember what seemed to make the difference in the past. So looking back on an episode or two like this can be helpful just to refresh yourself on what made the difference last winter. Maybe it's going to need to make some, do something, maybe you'll need to do a similar change this winter. So the first one we're going to talk about today, and we're going to number this uh, as number 15, since in our previous episode we talked about ideas 1 through 14. So 15 is unplugging completely. Unplugging in terms of all of the wired and wireless electronic devices in your life. The effects of having 24-7 connectivity have been pretty well documented. First of all, there's this feeling of always being on. And that can grow over time as you start to feel obligated to respond to everyone just because they contacted you. You know, they sent you an email, so you feel like you got to email back right away. Or they shared a Facebook update, and you feel like you got to comment on it or at least like it and not uh, leave them alone. And when you unplug from that, you get more perspective. For one thing, you realize that you don't always have to respond to everything, or, or maybe you should respond more rarely in general. But also, you, t- if you don't take the time to renew yourself, being always on is going to leave you completely decharging, like a, your cell phone that never gets plugged back in. It's just, at some point, it's just going to be dead. And as a leader, you will have killed the the golden goose. So first of all, there's that feeling of always on that you might want to get away from. And secondly, it's good to unplug completely because that artificial light that those devices cause can work against the natural rhythms, the circadian rhythms. So for a day or a weekend or maybe an entire vacation, it can be helpful just to totally unplug, especially when you get into the evening If it's naturally dark outside, your body naturally wants to start slowing down. And if you're artificially working against that by watching TV or looking at your smartphone or your laptop in the hour or two before bed, you might uh, screw up your sleep and just uh, wreck your energy in general. Number 16 is vacation. Last time we talked about getting away for one or two or maybe three days to get a change of scenery. Well, a vacation is just a longer short getaway. And (laughs) (laughs) that's right. And that um, that length of time away that you're taking can actually be not only recharging, but it can be tremendously creative. As you mentioned in your blog post that um, one of the executive coaches that you know advises his clients to take a week of vacation every six weeks. And what he has found is that the best ideas that end up making them millions of dollars often happen while he or one of his uh, teammates are on vacation. Seems very counterintuitive, doesn't it? Most people would say, I can't afford to take a vacation every six weeks. And the more important I am or the higher level person I am, it's even less likely that I can afford to get away every six weeks. That's true. But maybe you actually can't afford not to get away from the office one thing that um, that I've noticed is that you and I, just in our own personal lives, leading our family in the direction that our family is going to take, have had our best strategizing sessions during vacations. And it's usually toward the end of vacation, after we've had a week, a week and a half to decompress, and maybe we've been mulling over some of the problems or the challenges or kind of wondering what direction we're going 
And it isn't really until we finally have had a chance just to decompress and, and refresh that boom, then then it hits us and we kind of take off and we come back home not only rested but recharged and really excited and raring to go. Very energized. Those are some of the highlights of my life, definitely. And especially when you compare that to the kind of vacation, some vacations you're just so go, go, go and you get home more uh, exhausted than when you left. That's something to take in mind too, that not all vacations are equal. And so if you need more of a recharging one, plan Something quieter, sure. Number 17, volunteering. This is almost like the opposite of taking a vacation where you are, a vacation is sort of me time and volunteering is taking that time and purposely serving somebody else or some other purpose with it. But it's just as counterintuitive, if you will. A lot of people think, well, if I'm if I'm t- dead tired and, and I need a break, the last thing I can do afford to do with my time is to volunteer. But getting the focus off yourself and investing in lives in other people can be very surprisingly re-energizing. Now, I've experienced this in two types of volunteering. One is just regular volunteering where I might uh, where I've uh, been, for example, a a coach uh, counseling fathers on a weekly basis and just getting together and uh, teaching some basic parenting skills. Um, when, you've, when you've got a, 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 an individual or a small group where people really are interested in making their life better and you can see what you're doing is, ma- is making a difference and they appreciate the time, boy, that's hugely energizing. I've also do- basically donated an entire vacation periods to, to go with one of my kids to uh, on uh, short-term missions trips in New Orleans and in uh, Honduras on, on a few occasions. And it, I remember when I first heard that idea, why would I want to give up an entire vacation that I can't ever get back and spend it actually working? But it's just amazing what it does to go do something completely different in a completely different area and making a difference for somebody else Wow, those were some of the best vacations, quote unquote, that I've ever had. Number 18 is coaching. You can also think of that as mentoring. Sometimes leadership can be isolating. You don't really have people that you feel that you can talk frankly with about some of the problems or the challenges that you're facing or maybe some of your own weaknesses that you need help to kind of figure out how to work around them. Um, so some in instances like that, sometimes you actually need to find or hire some sort of a coach or a mentor who is um, capable, who, who kind of understands your world and the things that, that are challenges for you and can help you sort through those issues. In fact, some of our podcast guests uh, can help you out in that. If you're looking for an executive coach, Tom Henschel, uh, George Brandt, and I don't know George Bratt, actually, Bratt. and then Akeem Nowak are some examples of, of executive coaches that have been featured on our show. And number 19 is short breaks. You know, sometimes you would have a hard time getting away for a whole week of vacation, for an example, or a, a long weekend. But short breaks can make a big difference as well. In fact, you sh- most experts say you should work several short breaks into every workday. Um, what I've based on the reading that I've done, the recommendation I see most often is 
focus for 60 to 90 minutes on a task and then go take a short break, whether that's five minutes just to take a quick walk around, the, stroll around the office or to the, you know, re- refill your coffee or something like that. But get up and get moving a little bit or maybe a longer break like a 20-minute a walk or a 20-minute nap. If you want to uh, break up your day, do one of those, one or both of those even halfway through your day. But if you take these little intermittent breaks to renew your renew yourself, it actually fuels higher activity. So don't be mistaken into thinking you should slog it away for three, four, five hours without uh, changing things up with a break and renewing yourself. I'd just like to add that that's actually a great time to practice one or two of some of these things that we've talked about during the last show or this show. Um you know, possibly doing a little bit of Tai Chi or something in your office or or heading out to the gym for a short duration, high intensity workout, or maybe fix yourself some sort of a healthy energy boosting snack. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, a lot of times you sort of assume that you can only do those things at in the early morning before your workday starts or in the evening when your workday is over. But if you can, if you can fit those things into your workday, it seems like you're taking time away from work, but it's actually going to make you more productive at work. And I want to throw in something that actually seems kind of a little bit, uh, I don't know, surreptitious. I don't know if that's the right word, but like something you shouldn't be doing. And that would be a 20-minute power nap. Um I know I've come down to your office before in the middle of the day and the lights are all off and there you are on your on your sofa and a 20 minute nap can really make a huge difference in your energy levels and if there's a way that you can get away with doing that at work some days that's exactly what you need. Yeah, that's right. I actually set an alarm because if I were to sleep more than a half an hour, I will actually feel groggy and worse off than I do before, which is exactly what most people feel. If they lay down and take an hour nap, they actually feel worse for uh, an extended period of time after that. But if I set my alarm for, let's say, 25 minutes and it takes me five or seven minutes to fall asleep, that little cat nap is very re-energizing. Number 20, learning something new. This, in a way, goes along with taking a short break or taking a short getaway. Um, I don't think I'd equate it to a vacation necessarily, but that's essentially what you're doing. You're taking a mental break by getting involved in something that is different. It's something that doesn't have anything to do with what you've been slogging away at, and it may or may not be work-related. It might be something that you've had on the back burner that you've kind of have been excited about, but really haven't had a chance to get into, or it might be something completely different. Maybe you want to get into cross-country skiing this year, or you want to take up an instrument, or take a class in watercolor painting, or learn a new language. You know, anything that sounds exciting to you, and it doesn't have to be a great big project either. It can be just something small. You're definitely speaking from experience, aren't you, honey? You've picked up violin uh, in the past, and you're still continuing to learn that, but You've also t- t- picked up ice skating. T- you took ice skating lessons for one winter. And uh, I, similarly, for one winter I took uh, karate lessons with some of my kids. And another winter I took, two winters I took guitar lessons with my boys. Yeah, it seems like we're always picking something up, at, uh, you know, once a year or so. Number 21, reestablish routine and healthy habits. This is... A kind of not, uh, common sense when you're coming out of the holidays and starting the new year, you've you've kind of gotten into 
bad habits, if you will, of letting all these parties and family times and uh, holidays take you out of your routine. And so it seems like, well, duh, when I get back into January, I'm going to reestablish the, the healthy routines and healthy habits. But, you know, it's amazing times when I talk to somebody and it's already late January or even mid to late February and there's certain things that they still haven't just gotten back to a healthy routine. It was, um, For example, the most obvious is poor eating habits. I can remember la- late February of last year talking to someone and she mentioned, oh my gosh, I, I just feel like I still have all these Christmas cookies around and I can't stop eating Ooh. them. <laughs> like, wow, throw, throw away. those away. <laughs> you know, you feel like, oh, it's a waste of money, but oh, it's a much bigger waste of money to put those into your body. So um, start- Especially for two months. Yes. I mean, the holidays, is a, it's okay for a week or two to change things up and, and get away from your routines to, um, for the sake of of uh, experiencing a different side of life. But there, you're, the, the, the routines and healthy habits are very important because you, you can kind of set them and forget them. And the, probably the easiest, and most, the easiest starting point is get up at the same time every day. A lot of times we get out of the habit in the holidays and then have a hard time getting back into that. And it's amazing what damage that does to your body and trying to adapt to a different waking time every day. Just start getting up at the same time every day. That'll make it easy to, to uh, start to be eating healthier and just um, don't, you know, hold, no holds barred. Just get get that uh, that unhealthy stuff out of your house and out of your office and get back to a healthy schedule. Number 22, limit stimulants like caffeine or sugary foods and drinks. Yeah, what these things do is they actually act as a crutch and ultimately they're actually it's actually worse for you to use these ways to boost your energy because you get a quick burst of energy followed by a much larger crash than if you had never even ingested any of this stuff in the first place, it would have been more of a gradual decline in your energy levels. So instead, think about substituting. Kind of like I had talked about with uh, healthy foods, the more good stuff you're eating and drinking, the less room you have for some of the stuff that is more harmful to you. So Try and find things that you can be eating and and drinking and using to give you good energy that are also positively contributing to your whole body health. I, again, have to just provide a reminder here that getting sleep is at least seven to nine hours of sleep is hugely important. We talked about that in the last episode. And I had to learn this in my, especially in my late teens and, and most of my 20s, I was chronically sleep deprived and was always trying to boost myself up with caffeine and sugary foods and drinks. And it, it of course was bad for my health. I put on weight and it, uh, I was basically fooling myself that I didn't need sleep. And so I've learned as I've gotten older that sleep is the new caffeine. A lot, it's amazing how much less caffeine matters in my life if I'm getting enough sleep. It's bad for your, for your body. Yes, but it's also bad for your leadership. Nobody wants a grumpy leader, and you can't be creative and resourceful when you're just kind of surviving in a fog. Number 23 is sort of the flip opposite. That This is limiting depressants, such as alcohol. 
it's surprising that we turn to alcohol. We often think of it as a stimulant, like, oh, I need to get my mood up or whatever. But alcohol is actually a depressant. And even if we are aware that it's more depressing, we might turn to it at the end of a, of a long work day, like, oh, I need to, to relax and settle down. And so we reach, we assume that a, a, a drink or two is going to help that. I discovered uh, that it actually, it's a very temporary help. And if I, let's say I have a drink, I might feel okay for the next 20 minutes or whatever, but I actually feel a little bit worse after that wears off than I even did before. Now, if I instead say, tell myself exercise is my new alcohol, exercise is the new alcohol. At the end of the day, if I go get some exercise or do one of these other tactics we've talked about for recharging your energies, boosting your energy, I find that the positive effects will actually last all evening. So a drink or two maybe relaxes me for a little bit, but it, it doesn't actually end up creating a positive evening for me. But exercise or some of these other energy tactics actually will boost my energy and make me feel more relaxed for the whole evening. Number 24, smiling and laughter. Don't take yourself or your work too seriously. I love what you said in your blog. Even God isn't panicking about all the world's problems. That's true. It's not. And if you can actually just kind of lighten up, um, you know, I think about it in terms of my family. Sometimes I just tend to be um, too serious about things and (laughs) <laughs> and thank goodness I have some kids with a sense of humor because they can kind of gently point out, you know, how funny it is that I'm upset because someone opened a second ketchup bottle <laughs> when there's already one open in the fridge. And, and I can laugh at that and that diffuses the moment and that relaxes us all and actually builds a good positive moment. So the more that you can actually incorporate smiling, kind of a change of attitude, stepping back and lightening up a little bit. Um, and, and even just regular doses of humor. If there is, if there's a, a website or a book or a comedian you like to listen to, if you can kind of regularly get some doses of funny stuff in, that laughing is so good for you. It releases the endorphins. You're all, everybody's smiling and it lightens everybody. Yeah. And if nothing else, just remember to smile. That when you smile, it causes others to smile, and that is going to be a, a two-way boost to your energy. And in fact, when you smile, it also boosts your own energy. There's something about the physical act of smiling and kind of letting those frown lines go out of your forehead that truly does flip that negative mood into a lighter mood. That's right. Number 25, stopping. Oh, this is so hard as a leader. I mean, leaders, we tend to favor starting things and doing things. We don't want to stop things. But but stopping, um, in fact, having instead of a, a to-do list or a start list, and actually having a, a stop list. What things do am I doing that I need to stop? That can be powerful. And simplifying your work and your life can be very powerful. I very, at this very moment, I haven't, I have not sort of winnowed out my to-do list. And so I have way more things on my list for today than I can actually get done or even focus on. So it, I, I definitely need to take time and look at all these things that I think are so important. But what is really the most important? Because 
if I if I aim for too many, I'm not going to get any of them done. But if I'm aiming for one or two or three things, there's a pretty good chance I'll get those done. Yeah, and back to that old old illustration about putting the boulders in first. Sometimes it's so easy to fill up your box with all these little seemingly urgent things that really don't matter in the long run. We were just having a troubleshooting session or a chat session really more yesterday, you and our oldest son, JJ, and I, about some of the work-related issues that you had. And, you know, you were kind of down about it and said, you know, I every time I talk to somebody, they, they've got a suggestion for what I can add to my to-do list to make these problems go away. But adding is only making things worse and worse. And JJ, you know, pretty insightful for a young guy. He starts looking at each different aspect of what you were doing and and said, well, what can you let go? What is it that you can get out of there? Because that's going to take some of the squeeze off of you. Mm -hmm. The last few ideas we're going to share here actually come from Bill Holston, who was actually the instigator for this whole discussion topic. He suggested to to me that we talk about how leaders can recharge their batteries. And uh, Bill is the executive director of a nonprofit organization. And when I heard the suggestion from him, I immediately wanted to do it because it's been something that both I and Aaron have actually studied for years as we've been practicing our own energy management. So what's the first one, that idea that came from Bill, honey? Well, idea number 26, Bill's first idea, was nature. Getting out in nature is the number one way to re-energize. It's kind of interesting. Um, I, at some point early in the fall, just decided that I was going to take a walk outside down by the river every day. We don't live right there. I've got to get in my car and drive and get out and go. So, you know, it's a definite commitment to to do this. It's not an overwhelming commitment, but it doesn't just happen on its own. And I was enjoying it so much. I I would go for at least 20 minutes, just this path down the river and back. And I was enjoying it so much, but I started to feel like, you know, I'm I'm really kind of taking a lot of time every day to do this. Maybe I shouldn't do it, but I'm really enjoying it. And um, as the fall went on, I started doing some research about thyroid health and metabolic health, and and it was just the excuse that I needed when I found out that actually walking, and preferably in a nature environment, is one of the number one ways that you can actually lower all your stress hormones. And I thought that that's all the excuse I need. I'm going to just keep doing it. So I actually have been increasing the amount of time that I've been out walking in nature. When you're out there, although you certainly can let your mind wander to uh, the problems and challenges that are facing you, um, if you can be a little disciplined to try not to think about those things, rather uh, reflect on kind of keeping calm and just actually looking at and enjoying the things that are surrounding you if you're focusing on that beauty that is it's an extremely calming and balancing experience and for anybody who thinks that it's a oh it's a non uh, that it would be non-productive time in addition to the energy management parts uh, aspect it's also very much a key to creativity because so many studies on creativity have shown that people tend to get their big ideas that really move them forward, not sitting around a conference room table in a quote brainstorming session, but actually while they've stepped back and let their mind go on completely other directions, when you sort of release 
your mind from being so intent on your given problem. It, it actually is then able to make the connections that give you that idea that you need. And as Bill said, when you get out in nature, it is a reminder that it's not all about you, and it really helps give you perspective and let go of those things. So it does give your mind that kind of release that you need. Number 27, uh, another idea from Bill is journaling. Keeping a journal, and Bill says he combine, he keeps journal and combines that with his time in nature. So using the, the journal is where he looks back and notices the themes and the patterns in his thoughts and anxieties. I, too, have found journaling to be a big help. I, I just have never consistently applied it. But I, I do save my journal entries, and so even though I often will only journal a handful of times a year, uh, it's it's really helpful to me to look to go back and see those themes over time. It's amazing both how it's helped me get perspective when I was doing the journaling and also when I look back five years ago. Wow, that's what I was struggling with back then. Sometimes it's amazing that it's the same thing I'm struggling with now. (laughs) (laughs) Number 28 is art. But I'm going to actually, I'm going to expand this a little bit because art is not everybody's thing. Bill was talking about... um, going to the local theater, taking in art shows, art openings, and other cultural events. Those are great for some people. Um, and, and I love it, too. I love going to it, like an art museum, for example, or a craft show. Yep, that can be fun. But that's not. That's, let's not limit ourselves. There are so many different things that you can do. If you just kind of think about what those quiet moments are that do recharge you. For me, I like to putter around in my garden or in the yard. Um, some people really like to play golf. Others find listening to music very relaxing yeah yeah puttering in the garden i know for you is a is a big deal it's uh both you find it productive time but also uh relaxing time a lot of people find other types of working around the house to be similarly relaxing for example mowing the lawn um, or raking or trimming bushes or something like that I mean, that's that's definitely not me, although I have had those moments from time to time <laughs> where I, I'm mowing the lawn and, and realizing that, oh, I feel really good. This is relaxing. But most of the time, it's just a, something on my to-do list. I want to encourage the leaders out there to actually take a minute and grab a piece of paper, grab your laptop or what have you, and jot down some of the things as you're thinking about it that have been relaxing and rejuvenating for you in a spot where you can access it and get to it because oftentimes we fall into those default patterns of what we think is going to be the refreshing recharging thing like you mentioned some people will drink alcohol some people will use stimulants Um, sometimes you you just want to fall in front of a movie or read a book and those things may not actually end up recharging you by the time you're done you might be every bit as tired or more tired and it's a good to have that list that you can actually look at and remind yourself of what the truly rejuvenating items are yeah it's very much not a one-size-fits-all situation in fact this question that's come in uh, Sonia asks you mentioned volunteering as a way to recharge how do you decide what types of volunteering would actually be recharging for you I'd like to be able to answer that. I can tell you which kinds aren't. Um, From my own experience, I do, I play the violin and I really enjoy it. And 
I volunteered to help out with music for our Christmas service at our church. Um, actually, I think three out of the last four Christmases. And I have enjoyed it every time, but I have found it stressful. It has never been relaxing or rejuvenating. I've actually needed to recuperate after that. Yeah, that's interesting. And I uh, find I have very low energy if I invest time in volunteering and I get the sense that what I'm doing is either just busy work uh, that's not really going to make a difference in somebody's life or is not actually um, going to make a is not actually going to stick with somebody. So like I'm okay to if I let's say I'm counseling somebody and I meet with this person once or twice and I you know I don't really think they're really paying attention um, but, but I really have zero energy for doing that a third time. Uh, if I, on the other hand, if I'm meeting with somebody and they're t- and I get back and they've tried some of the things that we talked about, wow, that is uh, energizing for me. So I think you have to be aware of what your personal wiring is. I mean, it's it's similar to a lot of other things we've talked about. Are you more energized by alone time or time with other people, by detailed work, by bigger picture work? And also maybe just how much planning has to go into to that. If you think about it, this the music, it was something that I couldn't just do, boom, and I'm done, and I've done my volunteering. I really had to prepare for it, and it, it was weeks, and it was a lot of time invested. And uh, when I think about some of the other volunteering that I've done, for example, helping to renovate a building that's going to end up being a community center and a a church facility, just going in there for a couple of hours and drilling some holes in some studs so that we can run electrical, that was really energizing. I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to plan. I showed up with my tools and they said, well, this is what needs to be done. And I did it and I went home. So, you know, maybe there's an element to um, it being a little bit less of a planned and detailed sort of thing. All right, Engagers, that wraps up this episode. As I want to mention that uh, in a couple weeks, we have an interview coming up with Dr. Lois Frankel, who is the author of a very famous book, Nice Girls Don't Get the Corner Office. And I would love to hear from you if you've got a question or some input about that interview, if you've got something you'd like her to comment on. Her this will be the 10th anniversary of that book, and she's coming out with a completely revised and updated version. It's called Nice Girls Still Don't Get the Corner Office, Unconscious Mistakes Women Make That Sabotage Their Careers. We're going to look at, is that really still really true, do you, I wonder, do you think, that nice girls don't get the corner office? We're here in the 21st century. Things have changed since she wrote that book 10 years ago. What do you think? What kind of comments and questions do you have for that interview? As we... Um, are preparing for that we would uh, love to get your input on that and here's how you do it you can either the best thing to do is leave an audio message by calling 989-787-0060 and leaving uh, a message or for even better quality audio quality go to engagingleader.com and click on the record voicemail button of course you can submit your questions or comments by email at jesse at engagingleader.com or by Twitter where I am at Jesse Leahy or by Facebook or LinkedIn. Thanks again to Bill Holston for suggesting today's podcast uh, topic and contributing to it. You can find the show notes at engagingleader.com forward slash 73 as in episode 73.
This is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm where my colleagues and I partner with midsize and large employers to attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results. Find out more at AspendaleCommunications.com. Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, James Marler, our sound engineer, Cliff Ravenscraft, our podcasting advisor, Dustin Hartzler, our website engineer, J.J. Leahy, our video and web intern, Rick Tarrant, our announcer, and Max Brody, who composed our theme music. Until next time, remember, you are always communicating and leading. Let's make the most of each opportunity to engage the people we care about.